Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Welcome, everybody. In today's episode, we're going to talk about insurance and how to address the question of do I have enough insurance? Now, it's been my observations over the last 20 years of doing financial planning that the average family or individual is underinsured. It simply means if they were to have a catastrophic event, their loved ones would probably have to make some tougher financial decisions than they would really hope to. Um, so the answer isn't always buy more insurance, but today we're going to talk a little bit about um, you know, what some questions you should ask yourself to assess what your, your insurance needs are. And then a few tips or ideas to be aware of uh, when you're looking into insurance products or starting to shop for what you and your family may need. Let's start with a client case study. Uh, I, I once met a couple, and they uh, were a married couple. Both were working. They had two uh, school-age kids, you know, f- uh, middle school-age kids. And um, they had a mortgage on their home worth about $350,000. And when we got to the topic of life insurance, I said, you know, how much do you have? And they said, we have, we each have a $500,000 policy. Now, if you're listening, um, this case may sound familiar, may be hitting close to home, um, and you may or may not even know how much you personally have in life insurance if you add what you get through work and what you have outside of it. Um, But when we got, when we started talking more about, you know, is that enough, they kind of felt like it was. Um, and we kind of started doing some of the math and said, well, if you pay off the mortgage, uh, you're left with $150,000 to try to educate, uh, two children and to replace income for the spouse who can't, is not no longer there. So if you are like this couple or know someone who's like this couple, uh, sometimes the, once you realize you have a shortage, the first thing people run out to do is get quotes for insurance or start shopping. Um, and what I challenge you to do is kind of take a step back and ask yourself a few of these questions. Uh, and then you can start to move on to figuring out what's the right solution for you. So the first question we, you know, I start dialogue with clients is around what are you trying to protect? Um, you know, typically people buy life insurance because they either owe somebody or they love somebody. So if you are trying to protect a debt, maybe that's a student loan debt or a mortgage or uh, a business loan that you may have taken out. You're trying to figure out, you know, roughly how much of that I need to pay off if anything were to happen to me or my loved one, um, and do I want to pay it all off or do I want to pay it off partially? Um, or are you trying to replace a goal uh, for someone you love? You know, maybe that's retirement for a significant other or college expenses for children. You know, if you weren't around to help pay for those bills. Um, and in those situations, you want to ask, you know, are we trying to replace, you know, a state school or a private school, uh, or are we trying to uh, ensure that my significant other doesn't have to work if I were to pass away or that, you know, that person's going to continue to work full time and I just need to supplement uh, their lifestyle to cover some of the basics. So really, like I said, you want to ask yourself what you're protecting. That'll help you get a better sense of kind of the total number that you might need for coverage as opposed to just kind of saying, ah, you know, a million sounds good or a quarter million sounds good, you know, trying to take some of the guesswork out of it. The second question we start, uh, we have some dialogue around is, well, how long do I need the coverage for? And when you get into insurance products, you know, there's term insurance that you could buy for anywhere from one year to 40 years of term insurance. 
Um, so if you have a 30-year mortgage, most people think they need to buy 30-year term insurance. Um, but you don't necessarily need the life insurance for the entire length of the mortgage because what if you sell the house or you know, what if you are in a better financial situation 15 or 20 years from now and you don't necessarily need the insurance. Um, so understanding how long you might need the coverage for will help you assess the right costs because if you're, you know, basically the insurance company is trying to bet whether or not you're going to live or die. And if you're a 35 year old healthy individual, they're pretty confident that you're not going to die in the next 12 months. So a one year term insurance policy is going to be very cheap. But if they're pricing it out to say over the next 30 years, you know, there's, there's a bigger chance that something might happen. So it's going to cost more. So if you only need insurance for 10 years as opposed to for 30 years, um, you shouldn't be paying a 30-year price point when you might be able to get it uh, at a lower cost because you only need it for 10 years. You know, let's say you, you buy a business and you have a 10-year loan that you're paying off. You might need coverage to, to cover that 10-year gap, but you don't need it beyond that point. Um, some insurances are meant to last forever, like permanent insurance, you know, universal life, whole life, variable universal life. And... They serve a role if you're looking for, you know, income protection for, you know, for your spouse's life. Um, you know, if you're thinking about estate planning or wealth transition, you need to have the insurance lasting until you die. You can't have it expiring in 10 or 15 or 20 years if you're still here. Um, or, you know, for business succession, sometimes there's undefined dates of when that transition might happen. So you might need insurance that is open-ended, that's going to last forever. So, you know, that, that, timeline helps clients really understand you know what's the right product or what's the right uh, you know item I should be looking for in the search process and then the final question is you know what's the worst that could happen if you didn't buy the life insurance so you know if your uh, spouse you look at your spouse and you're kind of joking about oh I don't want to I don't want to have too much life insurance because then you'll have a, a reason to get rid of me ha 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 but ultimately if uh, you know, people are survivors. So if you, if one of you were to pass away without the amount of care that you might have, you know, needed to kind of make everything go easy, you know, people get by. You know, the family might step up. They might have to downsize the house. They might have to take more student loans or you know, leave private school or, you know, they can make adjustments or sacrifices. Um, so you know, there are. There's always that worst case scenario, um, but you want to, you know, kind of go down that path. You know. Can they cut back on their lifestyle? Um, or do you want to pay for a little bit more life insurance to leave a better legacy? So, you know, giving your spouse the ability to take a few years off work and raise the kids or, you know, ensuring that your kids don't have to worry about college or maybe setting them up with a little nest egg for retirement. So, you know, there's always the worst case scenario and you kind of weigh that against the cost of leaving a better legacy versus, um, you know, kind of leaving them underinsured and kind of risking that you're, you're not going to die. Um, you know, so those are kind of the three primary questions. Obviously, there's a lot of other things that go into it. And, you know, statistically, you probably won't die. So you might never need this insurance, and hopefully you don't. Uh, but you really just want to make an educated decision about, you know, how much do we have, how much should we buy, how long should we buy it for, and knowing that what, you know, if, if we don't do it, what, what our risks are. So, I, you know, I think you have a good idea of how to kind of think through your plan. Um, you know, we essentially help clients review their current insurance that they have, you know, look at, you know, timelines of when things may be expiring and, you know, what might be, you know, the right strategies for them to manage the, the cash flow as well as the, the needs, uh, you know, for, for paying for care as well as if anything were to happen. 
Um, so I wanted to kind of finish up with a couple of tips or kind of things to watch out for if you're in the market for insurance. Um, the first is avoid general rules. You know, a lot of times you'll read an article and it might say, you know, you need to have five times your salary or you need to have 10 times your salary. You know, those general rules or, you know, one size fits all advice or plans tend to, you know, either leave people underinsured because some people might need 20 times their earnings depending on you know, where the funds are coming for. Um, and others, you know, might need zero. You know, they might have, uh, you know, other assets or they may be self-insured. So using rule, general rules is kind of a, 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 a recipe that won't always yield the best, uh, best finished product. Um, the second is uh, if you work, a lot of times you'll get your group benefits plan and it's say, oh, sign up for life insurance. And a lot of people think group life insurance is cheap. Um, and part of it's because it's confusing the way they usually read it. So it usually says, you know, uh, it's, Point one, it's 10 cents per thousand. Um, and when you get that and you say, oh, well, 10 cents, that's cheap life insurance versus the quote I found online for $400 a year. Um, so I'll just buy the 10 cents. Um, but when you actually multiply that by the number of thousands you're trying to buy, you know, in year one, it might look a little cheaper than what's online. But what a lot of people don't realize is that group term insurance, the rates increase every few years as you get older. So, you know, when you're 23, it might be super cheap, but when you're 45, you might have been better off buying a term policy in your 20s that what was going to last into your 50s than trying to buy, uh, you know, group term insurance for every year. And, you know, the challenge of kind of figuring that out too late is when you get into your 50s and 60s and the term insurance through work is starting to get more expensive, trying to apply for a policy at that point may be more challenging because you might have had health issues or might be a little overweight or blood pressure or cholesterol, things start to creep in. And, you know, the, the insurance companies betting on whether or not you're going to die or not. And the older you get, the more likely you are to die. That's uh, just a, a fact of life. So, you know, when you're doing group insurance, you know, take a time to kind of do the math over 10 years and see, you know, am I better off having my own coverage or buying it through work? Um, the other thing you want to factor in there is that if you might change jobs, group insurance usually stays with the job. So if you change jobs, now you're worried about is my does my next employer have insurance versus if you have your own, you might be a little more flexible in the job market. Next is uh, for families that have you know kids that are below the age of 19 or still in elementary school, and if you've paid into Social Security and one of you were to pass away, there is a benefit for life insurance, um, you know, monthly income for for children or dependents uh, of who've lost a parent. And it, and it could be a sizable dollar amount, you know, sometimes a thousand, sometimes $1,500 a month per child. So as you're thinking about how much you need, you wanna just make sure you review your social security figures and understand that if one of us were to pass away on a monthly basis, how much would my significant other and kids be eligible for benefits? Um, now those benefits usually end as the children uh, get into college. So if you know, if your spouse is only going to be 50 when that, those benefits la lapse, you might have a 15-year gap that they, they lose that income. So you have to plan accordingly. But, you know, most people underestimate the value of that Social Security benefit if you've paid in your quarters and, um, you know, something were to happen. Uh, another little tip or for anyone who has college-age students that's co-signed a loan for their children, um, and it's morbid to think that your children may predecease you, but um, if your children are taking out sizable loans and you're a co-signer, if anything were to happen to them, you're still on the hook for those debts. Um, 
So, you know, sometimes it's smart for, you know, a recent grad who has some student loans to make sure they buy, a, a, you know, a, a small term insurance policy or sign up for insurance through work to make sure that their parents aren't on the hook. Um, and if you are the parent listening who's on the hook, you know, maybe encouraging your children to, uh, you know, look into that small policy to kind of protect the family as a whole. And then finally, you know, when it comes to the insurance markets, um, you know, they are a uh, commission-based market for uh, insurance agents, um, which isn't always a bad thing. So if you buy a life insurance policy from an insurance agent, the way they're compensated is through a commission. Um, and that's just the way the industry is. So uh, you don't necessarily always want to buy the cheapest insurance, you know, because that's not always the best. Um, but you just want to be aware that, you know, the it, it, the higher the premium goes, usually the bigger the commission goes. So. Um, you know, you just want to make sure you're understanding that, uh, that conflict of interest and, you know, getting what's right for you. And, you know, like I said, the, the more expensive premiums sometimes are the better policies and or the right type. So, you know, personally, I own both term insurance and I own variable universal life insurance. You know, each policy serves a different purpose and they come at different price points. Uh, but I think if you work with a trusted advisor and you're aware of the right questions to answer, you're going to end up with the right type of coverage that you know fits your family and meets your financial plan and you know like i said there's not a right answer for everybody but there's definitely a right solution or a right answer for you now i hope you can apply some of what you heard today to improve your relationship with money and thanks again for listening until next time on great points with matt schroeder Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.